sometimes when you are starting in a project management tool, just the fact that you're not used to the platform makes it overwhelming in general, adding on to the fact, okay, how do I now outline my client onboarding or my client journey um, in this tool? So if you already have that done, I think that's something that's really, really helpful before you ever get started. Welcome to the Coffee with Courtney podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Marie, web designer and CEO of Courtney Marie & Co. After building a multiple six-figure design agency, I wanted to create a podcast to share everything I've learned and am still learning to help you grow your business. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts, share tips on branding, marketing, business, and so much more. So if you're ready to learn how to run a successful business and stand out online, grab your cup of coffee and let's dive in. Today, we have a good friend of mine with us whose name is also Courtney. Courtney is the CEO of the Elevate Effect and your go-to expert for leaning out systems, strategy, and self for highly profitable unchained businesses. From managing corporate projects to organizing her closet, she's seen firsthand how creating systems makes the day run smoother. All right, so I'd love to just dive right in today. Um, So we have my friend Courtney on here. She is the ClickUp queen, as mentioned in the (laughs) intro. Um, So let's just dive in, and I want to start with what is ClickUp for those maybe that don't know what it is? Yeah, so great question. Um, ClickUp is a project management tool um, in the most basic form to kind of explain it, but I would say the biggest difference, a lot of people use something like Asana, Trello, Monday.co. Those are a lot of similar project management platforms that I think a lot of us in the space are used to using. Um, ClickUp is very similar. However, I would definitely call it a more robust project management tool. It has a lot more features available to you specifically in order for you to be able to customize it to your business's needs. Um, you know, I personally used to use Asana for a really, really long time, and it was a great tool, but what mm-hmm. I noticed was it lacked customization for my needs for my business. And from a scaling perspective, it wasn't really something that was growing and meeting the needs of my business as it, my business continued to grow. Um, and then ClickUp came out and they have a million and one different features that we are able to customize even on the free version. I think that was something that was kind of like a game changer for us was even on the free version of ClickUp, you're getting more features than what you were getting for the paid mm. versions of Asana. Um, and so that made it really easy for us to kind of hop in and test the waters and really kind of get an idea of how it can make a difference for our business. Um, but really it's, it's a project management, it's a project ma- management platform um, and task management as well. So, so, and for those of you who don't know yet, uh, Courtney has her own agency. They actually help people set up their ClickUp mm-hmm. and systems and then run their business. So what other businesses could really benefit from a project management system? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good question. Um, And I think that's actually been one of our hard things for us as a business because, you know, in this space, they always say, oh, you need to niche down to a specific industry. And for us, it's been really hard because systems are applicable to any service-based business. And so that's really, you know... If you, for example, we've worked with realtors, we've worked with podcast agencies, we've worked with um, digital marketing agencies, web design, um, UX design. Um, Really, the world is your oyster in terms of what types of businesses it applies to. Because if you're running a business, especially a service-based business, it's super, super important for you to at least have your tasks and day-to-day documented. And the big reason is 
is because if you want to start scaling your business, you have to start getting those things out of your brain, right? Because what happens typically is we start to grow more quickly than we anticipate to. And we have everything up in our head, right? Yeah. And it makes it really hard to delegate and outsource things um, when we don't have it documented somewhere. And so I would say, even if you're just getting started, no matter what type of business you're running, go ahead and sign up. There's a great free version and go ahead and start documenting those recurring day-to-day -day tasks that you're doing in your business, because having those out on, you know, quote unquote, digital paper um, yeah. is really going to make it a lot easier for you to continue to, um, to grow because you'll be able to outsource more easily. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think in the online space, there's a lot of like, oh, I want to make money. I want to make money now fast. And no one talks about the unsexy part of business, which is systems, um, finances, accounting, like all that kind of stuff. But it's super important. And I think when I first started, I did the same thing. I roll systems. I'll, I'll do that later. Like, I don't need it. Um, maybe touch on that a little deeper. Like, what what would be a simple example of a system that someone could set up in their business? Maybe a coach that's just getting started. Yeah, that's a good question. So typically when we're talking to our clients, we're talking to, okay, what, what's the basic thing that we can get set up that's going to make the biggest bang for our buck, right? Like what's the first thing that's going to help us? We typically always recommend starting with recurring tasks. That's the A, like the very first point in the game where we're like, okay, those are the things you want to have documented. So you make a list of everything that you do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually in your business, mm -hmm. even things as mundane as I check Slack every day, or I check my email. You want to put those in there because from a time management perspective, you also need to know where your time is going. Mm -hmm. um, and so as you go through that list of all those tasks that you have in your business, you want to start to indicate, okay, what tasks do I want to keep on my plate? like maybe things that just really light you up. If you're a Jack or Jane of all trades right now in your business, um, then. Oh, what, by the way, we have Luke, we have a special yeah. guest with us. We have Luke, Mr. Luca. <laughs> Luca is making his, making his own. So um, but yeah, you really want to start focusing on like, what are the things that light you up in your business that you want to continue to own in your business? You also want to start looking at things that, um, are driving revenue, like, or just, a return on your investment in general, right? It doesn't have to just be revenue. It could be traffic to your website. It could be leads in the pipeline. What tasks are actually moving the needle forward in your business and making sure that you're capitalizing on those as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then what tasks do you want to remove from your list? And then what tasks do you want to attempt to automate um, or outsource to a team member? So that's typically square one where, where we would recommend people to start. Um, one of the big things I noticed that helped me the most as far as a system outside of my recurring tasks and getting those into my project management tool is lead management. Um, because yeah. if you're working with typically like out of a CRM, like most of us are like Dubsado or HoneyBook or something along those lines, um, there's a lot of stuff that gets cluttered into your email inbox and it makes it hard sometimes to manage where your leads are at. Um, and so for me, I, I was kind of annoyed that I was going back and forth with a HoneyBook and my email inbox and ClickUp. And I wanted to find a way to condense all of that down. And so we built out in our ClickUp, what's called a, our client pipeline. And what we've done is we've um, built out an automation to pull all of the new leads that come into our business into ClickUp into a pipeline that the entire team can manage so that we're not bouncing around from different platforms all the time. Um, yeah. And I think that's really been a big, pretty big game changer for us. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that made a difference from an organization perspective when it comes to onboarding uh, new clients. I love that. 
Definitely love that. Yeah, because we use HoneyBook mm-hmm. um, and ClickUp. And then yeah. we also have Gmail, but I have someone doing that, so it's not as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But it can add up. And yeah. having someone check your emails, it's such a small thing but or tedious thing, but it does clean up or clear up a lot of energy, like mental yeah. space. Yeah, game changer. Yeah, um, and, okay. and that time adds up too, right? Like that thing, yeah, these, it's, little, these little tedious things, they add up on a like astronomically in your business. Yeah, because you have to think about it. Like if you're going from one task to another, like let's say I'm designing and then I get an alert, like that's another thing. I turn all alerts off. Yep. And because you have to switch energy to respond to an email and then take yep. time to go back to creative mode. It's just a lot of wasted yeah. time. And a lot of bouncing around. And like you said, getting out of that deep, that deep focus mode. And it takes you a while to get back into yeah. it. So you're losing more time than you think. Yeah. So let's say someone might be too, you know, maybe they're looking at these project management tools like I was and they're too overwhelmed. Where could they, let's take it a step further back. Where could they start before maybe they move into a project management tool? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, there are tools out there that are more like, um, I guess virtual to-do lists, if that makes sense, that would be a good place to get started because I do think, um, you know, before getting into a project management tool, what is helpful is knowing your processes, right. And knowing what you're doing in your business. So for example, you know, when we do ClickUp setups for our, our clients, um, one of the biggest things that we've noticed that's been helpful from the get-go is how outlined are their packages and services, right? That's been a big game changer for us as far as how successfully or how quickly we're able to do a build out. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have those things outlined, it's going to be hard to systemize them, so to speak. So that's definitely one thing that if, you know, if you're not really ready to quite dive into a project management tool yet, I think doing that is going to be helpful is, you know, hey, what is your client journey from A to Z? What does lead intake look like? What is onboarding and getting down to the nitty gritty, you know, in onboarding, we do, we send a welcome gift. We set up a Slack channel. We do X, Y, and Z things, get Mm -hmm. really down to the brass tacks of what exactly that you're doing, because those things are going to be more easily to transfer into a project management tool when you are ready um, and be more beneficial. Because sometimes when you are starting in a project management tool, just the fact that you're not used to the platform makes it overwhelming in general, adding on to the fact, okay, how do I now outline my client onboarding or my client journey um, in this tool? So if you already have that done, I think that's something that's really, really helpful before you ever get started. Yeah. So it sounds like there's certain steps that maybe someone has to have before they're at that level, like a beginner, you know, your niche, your offers, like all the things you have to go through because you have to know, and maybe proof of concept, would you Mm -hmm. say maybe proof of concept before they even get to a project manager and systems and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Proof of concept, I think would be good. And I think, you know, the thing with that, proof of concept is that comes with time, right? That comes with doing, um, which I think, you know, something that's been helpful for me is when I have a checklist and I'm trying to develop that proof of concept, I can eliminate more easily because I can go back and look exactly the steps that I took. Okay. Hey, this step worked really well for us. This one didn't. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that you can kind of focus on too, when you're going through that is it's going to be able to help you to further, um, fine tune those processes that you built because you can see the steps that you've taken to do that too. Yeah. Do you have a lot of questions from like people like, Oh, is ClickUp right for me or which 
tool is the best for me? How would, like, what's your response to that? Um, okay. So I think the big thing with that question is it's not only that question that we get, but we're also getting a question around the overwhelm of ClickUp, right? We have people come to us and say, Hey, you know, I really want to use ClickUp, but it's so overwhelming. I don't really know where to get started. Um, or, you know, like you mentioned, why is ClickUp the, you know, the better tool for me? Um, and I, it all goes back to customization, right? Because when we start our business, we don't start our business to sit stagnant, right? We're not, yeah. We don't want it to just be where it's at. We want it to continue to grow and be successful and scale. And when you're starting a business, you really don't want to build it around where you're at right now. You want to build it to where it's going, right? Love that. And so that's the biggest thing I think that you can take away from that is you're helping yourself in the long run by successfully setting these systems up from the get-go, if possible, if you're still in your business and season, it's not to say that you can't do this, right? It just does make it easier when you set it up from the get-go to successfully scale. And so that's what I really like to, to kind of bring to people, the forefront of people's minds is we want you to be successful. We want the systems to support that because what's going to happen is what I mentioned earlier, you're going to grow really quickly. And when you're in that growth phase, setting up systems is the last thing that you want to do. <laughs> it's not something that you want to be focusing on. And so that's why it's really good to set them up to scale as much as possible from the get-go um, versus, okay, well, I'm just going to kind of like put my feet in, get them a little wet with like Trello or Asana, and then I'll scale up to ClickUp. You know, there's ways to build it. You don't just because ClickUp has a lot of features, it doesn't mean you have to use all of them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so that's something to be aware of too. Yeah, because it's kind of like what I tell people with Kajabi, like they're, oh, is Kajabi right for me? You know, it's expensive, quote unquote expensive. Um, but I tell them like, hey, where do you want your business to be? Start there. And so like, you, yeah, you can save a few bucks by going to getting a cheaper course platform, a cheaper payment processor and connect all these things. But then just like you said, when you scale, that's the last thing that you want to do is to switch platforms. So I always tell people go with Kajabi if that's where you truly want to end up. And it's the same with ClickUp. Like, you know, my experience, <laughs> I started with ClickUp. Oh, yeah. Courtney set it up when I was in fitness. I yeah. moved to Asana, moved to Monday. Like I tried all of them and then we're back to ClickUp. Yeah. Best and you actually ever. onboarded and clicked up back in their version one days. Like it was yeah. a completely different platform than it is now. So you've been through the ringer and back since then. Yeah. And I, I chose ClickUp because personally it gave me options to do really whatever I wanted. Like it yep. took all of those other platforms and combined it. So you do have the option to do stuff like you would in Trello. You mm -hmm. do have the option to do lists. And I just liked the option is there if I want to view it in that format, like list, board view. And yep. when you, if you don't know what we're talking about, you will <laughs> once you go watch some videos, but um, it's all about what works for you at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. And you know, for us, we're big proponents of a lean system, right? And so for just an example, the kind of like what you were just talking about, we used to use Airtable a lot for, oh, um, yeah. for organizing data in our business or like our, our blog calendar or whatever that looks like. We used to use it a ton, but we don't need to use Airtable as much as we still love it. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But ClickUp now has the same features that we were using in Airtable. You know, it has a table feature. It has the ability now with a relationship management field to connect different fields 
um, across your ClickUp workspace, just like an Airtable database would. So that's just another example of it's, it's kind of becoming, to be honest, not just a project management tool anymore, right? It's kind of becoming an all-in-one platform. As soon as ClickUp releases invoicing and contracts. Oh my I'm gosh. Sold, Are you know? they? <laughs> I know, know, not that I know of, not uh, anytime soon, but if they would, it would be a game changer, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you literally can condense everything um, for running a service-based or agency style business um, into one place. Could you automate emails through it? You can't. Well, so they actually have an email function now. So there is a built-in. Wow. Um, email function in ClickUp where you can directly email people in and out of a task. Um, there's even places for um, email templates in ClickUp now as well. So um, it's a really, really cool email feature. If you wanted to potentially manage like a support email inbox, you could do that like a ticketing system yeah. out of ClickUp itself. Wow. If they do invoicing, you know, we might save some money by switching out of HoneyBook. Who knows? We'll yeah, I know. I know. I'm just waiting for the day. They constantly surprise me every time they do a feature release on Friday. It's like Christmas morning for me and I'm just waiting for the invoicing and contracts. <laughs> yeah. And also go follow Courtney. What's your Instagram? Um, it's at the elevate effect. Yeah, she does. So anytime there's a new release, she does like tutorials on your stories, right? Yeah, we'll do them on our stories. And we also have a Mighty Networks community where we'll do like in-depth videos and stuff. And it's more of a, that that's typically where we get more back and forth because people give us, hey, can I do this? You know, give us yeah. ideas or examples of how I can utilize these systems in my business. Yeah, no, it's super helpful. I love when you do those. <laughs> Um, okay. So we've actually kind of covered a lot of the topic or a lot of the questions that I had. Um, how could someone... Let's talk content planning because I think that's very common in the online. So anyone has, you have to do content. How, what are some ways that you would use ClickUp for planning your content? Yeah. So, um, I think it'd be pretty similar to, I mean, a lot of people were using Trello for a long time for content planning. And I think that was because of the board view that made it very visually, um, appealing, right? It was easy to kind of see a content calendar built out. For example, if you're using like a scheduling tool, like, uh, later or Planoli, mm -hmm. um, is Planoli even still a thing? I'm not even I sure. Say, yeah, I use it. Okay. So Planoly still thing. Okay, perfect. Um, you know, you have that visual aspect that makes it easy for you to kind of see your content on a grid. Um, and I think what's great about ClickUp is you're able to cater to different type of learning styles or visual styles, um, based on, like you've mentioned before, list view, board view, calendar view. So when you're building out a content calendar, it makes it a lot easier to do that because you're able to visualize the content that you're planning. Um, so for example, our content calendar that we have, we have it both in list view and board view, depending on what we need to see, right? So for example, I want to know the status of the content that we're working on. We can create drop down custom fields to show where that piece of content is in process. And that makes it a lot easier for me to be able to outsource the content because I can go in, I can see everything from a bird's eye view. I know exactly what needs my feedback um, because it's been you know, indicated in that drop-down field. Um, so I think content planning is definitely something that I would recommend building in a ClickUp board, but mm -hmm. using the list view to do a, utilize it for more strategic, strategic. Luca wants to speak. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And he clearly has his own voice. Um, he's four <laughs> months old now. Um, but it has systems was literally the only reason to be very honest. I was able to keep my business open. Um, we, I was, I found out I was pregnant in January of last year and I was due in September and you know, we're a systems business. So for us, our systems were pretty in check before I was 
you know, expected to have my baby, but there was still a lot of things that I wanted, okay, to do that. were going to make it easy for my business to be able to run without me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's literally been the only reason, like I said, that I was able to do that. We really kind of switched to more of an agency model in my business. Um, and I am available to show up for a meeting a month. I do weekly check-ins on Slack and my team has been able to manage everything because we set everything up to be a systemized, organized and delegated to my entire team because we had everything documented in ClickUp. Mm -hmm. Um, and really the first thing that I did to do that was I walked through my day and I said, okay, what things am I still currently doing in the business that will have to be outsourced? And I started creating trainings and SOPs and processes and kind of if then scenarios, you know, if this happens, then we need to approach it this way um, in order for me to be able to feel comfortable stepping back with my team so that they could um, really start to strategically think and answer questions in ways where, you know, they, they felt comfortable doing it because they knew how my brain was going to work, if that makes sense. Um, and so we kind of started outlining that throughout the process. And then I started to slowly have them come in and shadow and take things on themselves. So I would have them, you know, for example, discovery calls was something that I was still doing for my business. Yeah. Um, but that was going to have to be outsourced if we wanted to still bring leads in. And so the thing with that is, um, you know, I had Carrie, my operations manager, she came on a couple of discovery calls with me. We outlined some scripts, some typical FAQs that would come through and she sat on a couple with them and then she started taking them on herself. I'd watch the recording and I'd give her notes as far as like, Hey, this is what, you know, I would have done differently in this instance or how I would have responded differently. Um, and you know, that's uncomfortable to do. It's hard to relinquish, Mm -hmm. um, control, so to speak in your business. Um, but building systems helps you to do that because you're relinquishing that, but you're giving them the tools that they need to still be successful without you being present. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm curious how, where did this manager role come from? Like maybe share a little bit about some of the things you had to learn or did you learn this on your own? Did you have a background, that sort of thing? Cause not you know, most entrepreneurs are not managers. Yeah. So I actually, my corporate background was project management, project coordination. Um, so that was my last role in, in my corporate job. Um, and so that kind of, that helps, but I think me, I'm very type a and organizing and systemizing and finding ways for things to be more efficient is just something that is a natural tendency for me. Um, you know, like my, my closet is organized, you know, short sleeved, a long sleeve and they're color-coded. <laughs> and so, so, you know, those things are just things that were natural to me. And so for me to be able to, you know, do that in my day-to-day life, it just made sense because like it, it, when I look at, I think it's kind of funny when clients they'll come to me and say like, I'm so embarrassed for you to see my click up, you know, oh, or my yeah. systems. Cause it, you know, and I'm like, please let me see it because it makes my day to see a super, super messy system set up. And then us get to see that transformation yeah. kind of like HGTV. You know, yeah. It's like a closet a makeover. Yeah. Like when I flip a house or something, okay, the, here's the before and after that's my absolute favorite. So I love being able to do that for people's businesses. And I think that just, you know, when I started, I was looking at the things that I enjoyed and that I liked doing, and that's how I stepped into this space. Mm -hmm. And so, but that's, what's great about this space is, you know, like even you, you're a perfect example of this. Like you stepped in, in the fitness industry and health coaching, and that's Mm -hmm. still a part of your life, but you transitioned to something that was a better fit for you in this space. 
Um, because we can, right. Because we're able to, because we're able to evolve our skills and what we enjoy and get to say, Hey, I don't enjoy doing this anymore. I want to pivot to something I want to do and enjoy more. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Share with us. And I know you're four months in share with us. What has been the biggest struggle? Are you still on maternity leave? Uh, technically, technically. Okay. So my maternity leave was supposed to run through November 1st and that was when he was six to eight weeks old. Um, but it did not happen because I was just not ready and he was, I mean, not really what I would call ready. Um, I think the biggest struggle, and as you've seen on this podcast is meetings, that's been the biggest struggle for me and kind of because his schedule changes and anybody that's a mom knows that, you know, you'll get used to a schedule and then it changes. They, they hit a new milestone or something happens where they don't sleep the same or, you know, something along those lines. So it's hard for me to set a schedule that's the same every single day. Um, and so that's, I think been the hardest thing. Especially for a type A person. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. I'm type A and I'm like, um, you're supposed to be napping from this time. You're supposed to do what I tell you to do. (laughs) Yeah. It's not working. And so it's, it's really been a big practice of patience for me in being more flexible. Um, and so I've just kind of had to roll with it, you know, there for a while I was like, no, 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 I can't hop on a meeting because Luca might cry or he might wake up from his nap. And now it's just like, nope, I'm hopping on the meeting. He's either going to join me or he's not, he may be fussy or he's not, but I have to keep going. Right. I can't yeah. continue to pause life. But um, have you, I mean, I'm sure most people are like fine with it, right? Oh, I've not had anybody that's yeah. not fine with it. You know, which has been, which has been fantastic. Thankfully, you know, we're lucky that we're in a space where people are accepting of that, you know, because mm-hmm. it is scary. This is, I'm a first time mom and it's scary coming in and, um, you know, feeling like I'm going to, for lack of a better term, annoy somebody by, you know, bringing my child on, which is terrible way to feel. Um, but that's just my life. Like you said, this is real life right now. And I'm proud of myself for continuing to work as much as I can while raising a child for the first time. You know, I live um, in Florida away from friends and family really for the most part. And so we're my husband and myself are really what we have down here. And so to continue to be able to run my business, um, I'm really, really proud of still being able to do that. How would you, like, what piece of advice would you give to someone who is in that boat, like type A person? Cause that's going to be me. Like I'm going to have, I can see it already. Like I want my sleep. I know what my schedule is. What advice would you give to someone to help them navigate through that and maybe have more patience? Oh man. Yeah. That's a really good question. I think it's a good question because I'm still working through it myself. Yeah. Right. You know, cause it is, it's an ever evolving journey and you're learning every single day. Um, but for me, I think I went uh, like being type a, I went into motherhood with as much of a plan as I possibly could. <laughs> right. Also knowing that that plan was probably going to be thrown in my face and saying, okay, this is a joke. Like, it's hilarious that you think that you can try to plan something of motherhood. Um, but you know, I did all my research and did my reading and you know, whether that was a good or a bad thing, because that it sometimes can give you a little bit more anxiety than you plan to have because you're like, Oh crap. Like there's so much to this that I just wasn't even thinking about. And, um, you know, so I did that for myself, but I think the big thing for me that's been the most helpful is having open communication with my husband, um, because we both work a ton, you know, he works Mm -hmm. two jobs. I've like, my life has been my business. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's really what it's been. Um, and so it's been like, the big thing is, is getting 
kind of like on a schedule between the two of us, like, okay, you have this going on. I have this going on. How can we support each other to make sure we can still accomplish what we need to accomplish? And so for example, one thing that we recently did, because I knew meetings were really, really hard for me. Most of my work I can get done either when he's napping or um, in the evening when he goes down for bed. Um, but I needed to have like one day that I could dedicate to either being able to hop on a meeting if I needed to, or record a podcast episode. And so thankfully we're lucky in this instance where he's able to take a day in the middle of the week to be off and be home. Um, so that I can focus on some of those things. Um, you know, that's kind of, that's an anomaly typically, you know, and that's not feasible for everyone, but that's, what's worked for us. Um, you know, thankfully we're able to do that, but, um, I think the big thing is like, just kind of getting comfortable with having to be flexible and patient. I just, I think for me, I just remind myself, you know, I'm the adult in this situation and I'm the one that has to emulate and model these things for my child. And in order for him to be able to learn these things, I have to learn them myself. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do in this process. And it's hard because there's days where I feel guilty for like, if I have to stick him, you know, in his swing for 30 minutes so I can Mm -hmm you know, crank something out. I feel guilty doing that. And so that's a practice of patience for me there too. Yeah. So it's, it's funny, like entrepreneurship, you learn ins and outs, ups and downs, roller coaster, and you're constantly going through personal growth and having to, you know, just grow as an individual. And it's, you just went right into motherhood and it's the same thing. It's teaching you patience. It's teaching you, you know, all that stuff. And I think, exactly what you said. You have one day a week for calls. That's a system in itself. And so really just anyone can benefit from a system, whether you're, you have a business or not. You just, what's a system in your house for chores? Maybe you do laundry one or two days a week. Like I think systems are great for anyone. Oh yeah. And that's, I think what's been, you know, it's kind of funny because my, my husband's the polar opposite of me. He's, you know, not a planner, which I'm oh, not sure how I think that like, happens. Is that a, I think that's a guy thing. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a guy thing and it drives me crazy sometimes where I'm like, okay, what's your schedule next week? So oh, kind of planned. And he's like, oh, I don't really know. Or I'll tell you, you know, some other time I'm like, no, I need to know so I can plan. Right. I yeah. need to know, especially now, because it is important for me to kind of know what's going on so that I can, cause I have very little time to get stuff done. Right. And it's not just with my business. I have a home also. And like the home doesn't take care of itself. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, you know, and there are things you can outsource, you know, if you have the ability to, but, um, it's definitely been a a learning, learning process for me, but we, we, there's systems, like you just said in your house, um, that we, we do, you know, we grocery shop on Sundays and get all our food planned on Sundays and do things like that. Um, or we have specific days for laundry and it's no different than in your business, right? Yep. Blocking days for calls, blocking days for podcast episodes. Um, you know, my team knows that if they need responses from me on, on work that I have a certain time every day that I will check Slack to go in and respond to their questions. And that's a system, right? Yeah. And so that's making sure that we've set those guidelines up, um, you know, before I went out, we also, what I think was really, really helpful because obviously I was completely out of office for maternity leave. Mm-hmm. But for my team, I wanted them to feel comfortable that if something came up that, you know, they would have help. And so we actually created a maternity leave Slack channel in my Slack space where they, we had a templated updated, like 
Um, it's okay. Hey, this is what I worked on this week. This, these are the issues I ran into. This is the feedback I need from you. Um, and so they would drop that into Slack every Friday so that if over the weekend, if I did want to go ahead and pop in and just kind of get a pulse on what's going on, um, I could easily just pop into that Slack channel and see everything without having to go dig and click up or anything That's like so that, smart. that they just updated me in there. And that was so, so helpful and just made me feel so comfortable because especially that piece where it said, these were the things I ran into or like the hiccups or the problems we had. And so I immediately knew like, did something happen this week? Were they able yeah. to resolve it? And that was all, it was just a quick Slack chat. So yeah. that was really, really, really helpful. Yeah. I feel like I could never fully take off. Like I always like to have a pull, even when I go on vacation, I always have a pulse what's going on. Like my project manager will send me at the end of the week, here's updates. And it just like brings a sense of, okay, everything's taken care of. Yeah. It, <laughs> We're helps, good to go. it helps you feel okay. Like the sky isn't falling, right? Like yeah. everything is still running without me. And I think that's, you know, after the first couple of weeks, when I saw those, those updates, I'm like, and saw that it was consistently, everything was okay. Like they were yeah. doing a great job in running things without me. I got more and more comfortable with not checking in, if that makes yep. sense, because I'm like, okay, they know how to handle situations when they come up. You know, I, I, it's not necessarily underestimating them. It was just me like learning that it's okay to relinquish these things and that stuff like this will happen and that we can, we can resolve it. And they, they've been trained well enough to know how. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and go through wrap up questions that I like to do. What is one book that has had the biggest impact on your life and why? Traction a thousand percent. <laughs> oh, I still have yet to finish that. Okay. That one is by far my favorite book. I actually can't even remember the name of the author. Um, it's somewhere Whitman. on, I, I'm, I'm, I see it right now. <laughs> yeah. Gino Wickman, I think is who it is. But Traction by far has been one of my favorite books that I read for my business because it gives you tangible things that you can walk away with and implement. It's not just a, a feel good book, so to speak, where this yeah. is how like um, people giving you examples of what you could do. It's everything in that book. There is a tangible checklist or like you like scripts like there is it's it's a fantastic book and I think it's been one of the biggest things for me to be able to continue to learn and grow as a leader on my team because it gives me the steps to be yeah. able to do it right and um, vision driven leader is also another really good one. I'm not a big fluff person obviously I'm very type A <laughs> and yeah. so um, vision planning and things like that was something for me that I was like, I'm not going to do that. I don't need a vision for my business. Um, and I do vision and, boards now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't need to do that. This book literally broke down vision planning in a way that I was like, Oh, I totally need this. And these are super tangible steps for me to be able to do that. So definitely those two books are my favorite. So traction and the vision driven leader. I'll have to check out that second one and finish traction for sure. What piece of advice would you tell your younger self? Man, I think I look back on like when I was younger and I was so worried about what other people thought Ooh, and like yeah. the decisions I was going to make in my life and how people would view those decisions. I think that's probably one of the biggest things is I would, I would just tell myself, Courtney, it does not matter what these people think. You're not even <laughs> going to know these people in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to care what you're doing with your life. And, you know, especially, you know, I grew up in a small, small town and it's, I think that's kind of like built into you. It's ingrained because a small community, it's, it's everyone always, knows everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're knows. always judging. Yes. And so you're kind of used to that. 
And so I think it was just kind of like getting out of that a little bit for me to understand that people don't care and they don't care. And, and I just need to continue to make the best decisions for myself instead of what other people thought I thought was the best decision for myself, if that makes sense. No, I love that answer. I think a lot of people go through that. And the fact that you said small town, that totally, that makes a ton of sense. I grew up in a small town myself. Like if you get it, you get it. (laughs) If you don't, whatever, but that, that could have a lot of impact on it. Oh, I think it, it totally does. Because like you said, like everybody knows everything and yeah. they have an opinion, right? About everything. <laughs> yes. So I think that was really like, I think I just kind of had that mentality from an early, from early on that, oh, what's this person going to think if I make this decision? Or, you know, when I quit my corporate job, like, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's outside of the box, right? That is not the norm. Not the norm. <laughs> not the norm. So it was, you know, it was scary from that aspect too, but I think it's just, who cares what other people think? Just make the decisions that you think are going to be best for yourself. If you mess up, mess up, learn from it. Mess up big. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And I've messed up. I mean, I started my business four years ago and there's plenty of times that I've messed up or made a mistake, but I learned from it and I don't consider it failing. It's just evolving my life. Yeah. Yeah. Learning, learning opportunities. Totally. Yeah. Well, awesome. I'm really glad we did this. Thanks for coming on. Where can um, people find you? Yeah. So if you guys want to check out the website, it's theelevateeffect.com. Our Instagram handle is the same at the elevate effect. Or if you guys have questions about anything that we covered, we love chatting about systems in our mighty network. So you can search us on there. It's the elevate effect as well. And, um, yeah. Do you have any, um, specials going on? Do you have any thing you're working on? Um, well, we are, we just did a massive rehaul over all of our, uh, click up setup. So we oh, have cool. like kind of 10 X the process a little bit, if that makes sense. Um, I can actually kind of talk to you a little bit about that in, in Instagram DMS the other day about our auditing process, yeah. but, um, we've really just kind of even evolved our, our setups even more. We're wanting to branch outside of the space, um, and be able to focus too on some agencies and, um, different businesses, even brick and mortar, if we want to try. So cool. that is one thing that we've been doing. Um, so our click up setups is definitely something that we've been focusing on and are been definitely been our focus in our business the past yeah. couple of months. I love it. Yeah. I'll definitely put, um, the links in the show notes. And I think, yeah. uh, you also have the click up template shop, which yes, is huge guys. If you want to, you know, if you're on a budget, you just want a template. Um, we'll leave those below as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. And if you're listening, um, be sure to check out her podcast because we're going to do a flip-flop interview on her podcast. Got some juicy stuff going on over there. Super excited to have you on. Yes. All right. We'll catch you in the next episode. Okay. Thanks, guys. As always, thanks for listening. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or on Instagram to help support the show. If you want additional resources to help you grow your business, you can find them on my website at CourtneyMarieCo.com or below in the show notes.